Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. So in the 15th century, there was a new phrase that was starting to be said in the country of Scotland. And this phrase was simply this, we caught you red-handed. Caught you red-handed. It, it, it become, became part of the language actually in their law when they caught people committing a crime. Now this phrase kind of stuck and it began to be used not just in Scotland but all over the world. You may have heard it yourself used. You may have used it yourself before. Maybe it's been used on you. Hopefully not for committing a crime but maybe when you're a teenager did you ever miss curfew and you try to come home late and you sneak in busted say caught you red-handed got ya or maybe at work maybe if you ever been like you slept in or their their car uh, traffic is slow or you stop to get a coffee or something you're like i'm a little late and you walk in you try to sneak in you want the boss to see you don't want other people to call you out you sneak in and it's like nope busted caught you caught you red-handed well i had a caught you red-handed moment in my life literally it's pretty embarrassing but the reality is you know this is what we do here i tell you stories and you make fun of me so so here's the story it can be said of pastor scott that there are times that i wake up in the middle of the night and i want a snack okay is anybody with me in this? Like, wait, I'm, like, I'm just not a big snack. Like, I'm not looking for a meal. Like, I'm not trying to get Thanksgiving up in here, but I'm just like, I, I just want a snack. I'm a little hungry. You know, at this time of night, if you've ever done this, and I'm not alone in this, you and I both know that the snacks that we eat at that time of night are rarely healthy for us. But when you're hungry, you're hungry, right? So I wake up one night, and I think to myself, I, I just need a little taste of something. I need a little snack, so, so I, go, I, I get out of the bed, and I'm being as quiet as possible. I'm heading out to the kitchen, I'm being as quiet as possible, because I don't want to wake up anybody, especially um, Amber, because I don't want her to bust me. And so, so I'm walking to the kitchen, I open the pantry, and I look very quickly once again, what can I just, what can I grab? J just a little taste. I don't want anything big, just a little taste. And I see something that I don't normally crave. And grabbing this would be just it's wrong on a lot of levels. But I see it, and I'm like, at this night, I just, I see the Doritos, all right? I see them. It's like they call out to me, like, Scott, it's our moment. You know, like, you know, so I just take a couple. Like, I just take a couple. I don't want a big, take a couple, get a taste, and, and I eat them, and I just go back to bed. No one knows the better. I wake up in the morning, you know, and I'm trying just, just to wake up a little bit, and Amber goes, Scott, did you get up in the middle of the night and eat? Why would you ask that? Like, where's this coming from? She's like, Scott, there's something on your pillow. I looked down, and I thought, man, I thought I'd gotten it all, 
Yeah. There's some left in my hand, I think. <laughs> and it wiped off on the pillow, and I had a caught, literally, we could say red-handed <laughs> moment that night. It's never fun to be caught in something. It's never fun to be held accountable in something. But sometimes it's the best thing for us. And I'd make fun of myself because, well, I kind of see this play out in Scripture. I, I see it play out in the church in Corinth, okay? There's a, Paul, a missionary, um, went to uh, Corinth, this old city, an ancient city in Greece. He went there around 50 to 55 AD. He went there because this city is an influential city in the world. And he goes there, sent by God for the sole purpose of sharing Jesus with them, and in the hope that they will believe it, and that the movement of the church would grow and change that part of the world. Well, the good news is he did share Jesus. And the good news is they did have many people who believe. And the movement of the church began to grow in Corinth. But the story doesn't end there. Because Paul spent some time with them. But after he spent some time with them, he had to leave and continue to other cities, other towns, to share the message of Jesus. But he's going to come back a couple times. He's going to come back, actually three times, we believe. And he's going to come back because he wants to encourage them. He wants to speak into their life. But when he comes back, he sees something. He sees something he wasn't expecting. He sees something that he's got to speak into. And so he begins to write the letters that we know as 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And this is what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, but not solid food. For you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. Now, you know if you're part of One Hope, one of the things I get us to do is we try, try to imagine ourselves in the story, in the scripture. Leave our context and try to imagine what kind of tone do you hear in Paul's voice? I mean, he's talking to the church. And he's looking at them, and he's saying to them, I came. I told you about Jesus. You weren't ready for the deep stuff yet. But that's okay. I didn't want to overwhelm you, but now I'm back. I left, and I'm coming back. But you haven't grown He's looking at them and saying, you're the same people that I saw when I came. Maybe it was a year before, two years before. Your lives aren't being transformed. You can't grow because you're still stuck in what matters most to you is the world around you. I want you to imagine this moment. It's a real letter 
Like it's real. We have it documented. From a real person to real people. I have to imagine that this would sting a little bit coming from Paul, who, who they have to have an attachment with because he was the first one they hear about Jesus from. And he's calling them out. You aren't growing in how you're following Jesus. You're not growing in your willingness to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You're not willing to give up some things. I'm sure it was in there. You just, you're still following the world around you I think this is a I caught you moment I'm coming back and I have expectations I had hopes Paul is zealous Paul is passionate Paul has a vision for the church and the movement of following Jesus and he comes back and he expected when they said yes to Jesus that they would mature over time but no, he looks at them and he's like, you're still just satisfied with the milk. Like a child, you're satisfied with the milk. You don't really have a craving for the solid food. And I think about this interaction. I, I, I try to put myself in this moment. And on one hand, I can see why Paul is upset. I, I see why he's upset. But to be honest, when I think about this interaction, and I think about their lives, I, I kind of feel bad for these people in Corinth. I mean, think about their life. They never met Jesus. They don't have the Bible. They didn't have an experience like Paul had. If you read in Acts, on the road to Damascus, where he, was, he saw this great light, and he has this, these days with Jesus in, being blind, and, and he experienced the side of Jesus that most people don't. Paul is pushing them towards a deeper, more mature relationship with Jesus, but that isn't easy. Life is hard enough for these people. Just believing in Jesus was a big deal in this culture. And so, in the middle of life being hard, they've also got to figure out, how do I grow in this following of Jesus? Because I don't know a lot. I mean, think about that in contrast to the disciples. You think about the disciples' um, experience with Jesus. You, you see what they've got. They had an incredibly unique uh, uh, moments in, in a series of time with Jesus. I mean, I mean, when I think about the disciples, and I imagine their life with Jesus, I think, like, look, they got to listen to him speak. First-hand account, he's right in front of them. They got to spend time reflecting and asking questions about words that he said, can you imagine that relationship? Where it's like, I actually get to speak to Jesus, and, I, and he speaks, but, but, but then I get to ask questions of, what does this mean? What does that mean? What do you mean by this? Can you imagine what that would have been like? And they got to just be with him and speak to him about everyday life things. 
I mean, they spent all this time with him. The conversations they had, so many that were never recorded. They had such a unique experience. Imagine what their every day would have been like. Imagine what it would have felt like to be them. Right in front of them, they would have Jesus speaking the, the words that, that, that we know now in Scripture. He would spoke right in front of them, and, and he would be able to say to them, Listen, I know life is tough, but can I tell you what I want for, for you? What I believe for you? The relationship I want to have with you? Right there in front of them, he could speak the words of Matthew 11, which are some of my favorite words that Jesus spoke when he said, Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and, and learn from me. So I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart, and, and you will find your rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can you imagine Jesus speaking that right there to them? I mean, if you look at the rest of uh, Matthew 11, you'll see what Jesus is doing. He's walking through the Galilee region, all these little towns that we hear about all through the New Testament. He's walking through. And, and, and what he's doing, he's speaking to people all along the way. And what he's actually telling them is, you're missing it. I've spoken to you. He actually says, I've done miracles all through this region, and you are not repenting. You're missing what I brought for you. There's so much more, but you're missing out on it. It's almost like, what else do I have to do to show you that this is the life that I want for you? Not this one. And I think, in a moment of vulnerability, I think in a moment of accountability, Jesus just says, you know what I want for you? It's as simple as this. I just want you to come to me. This is what I want. You're tired? I want you to find rest in this relationship. You're carrying a heavy burden. Come to me. I, I want to lift that off of you. I want you to take in the teachings that I've been saying. That's that yoke word. When you take in these teachings, I want you to apply it to your life. Because my teachings are light. And they're actually burden-free. They, they bring freedom. They don't put more weight on but you've got to put yourself in the seat of a Jewish listener in this moment because their whole life, their relationship with God was like a heavy yoke on them. Because we don't remember often that what they had to do to please God, to be loved by God, is to live in these 600 and change uh, laws. If you want to be in right relationship, you want to please God, you have to obey all these things. And Jesus is going, I've been bringing something different but you're not receiving it if you would just say yes to this what you would find is a relationship that is deep 
and dynamic and intimate, filled with love. In a relationship that would bring you more freedom than anything any other religion or this world will bring. And so you got to imagine Jesus is standing there right in front of them. It's this close, and he's speaking these words to them of what a relationship can really look like. They hadn't experienced that that the people in Corinth never had. It had to have been hard for them. Paul's holding them accountable. I want you to grow. I want you to grow. But we... They didn't have Jesus right there speaking to them, wanting this relationship. But as I began thinking about this, began thinking about what Paul is saying in Corinth, thinking about what we have as resources, Jesus just impressed upon me that I need to remind us that the relationship that Jesus had with the disciples is the same relationship that he wants to have with us. And we can glorify, we can go, wow, they got to be right there with Jesus. They got to be face to face with Jesus. that relationship he had with them is the same not only expectation but it's the same possibility that we have today and sometimes maybe we forget or don't realize all that Jesus wants for us in our life my belief and passion as your pastor is to remind you to remind you again, remind you again, and over again that Jesus wants a relationship with us, and this relationship with us is for the sole purpose of transforming our life. It's not just a relationship we say, I tell you this all the time, yes, I believe in you. He wants a relationship where he says, no, I want to transform the person that you are. I really want to change the person that you are. The same thing that Paul wanted for the people in Corinth is the same thing that Jesus is speaking to us, spoke the disciples, hey, I want to take your life, but I don't want you to stay here. I want to push you on to a deeper relationship than you've ever had. He wants to transform our lives. To be more like him, just like he did over these three years that he was with the disciples. See, what I see throughout the Bible is Jesus over and over saying, Hey, listen, I want you to see and feel and act more like me every single day. I think this is where John is coming from, which, once again, if you know Scott, you know this is one of my favorite verses, and I'll come back to this, First John 2, 6, when he says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. We forget this. Whoever claims to be with Jesus must live as he lived. This 
is the desire for our life and our relationship with him. Jesus wants to transform the people that we are. He wants to transform our mind. He wants to transform our heart. He wants to transform our actions. He wants to transform your heart, your mind. He wants to transform your heart. He wants to transform your actions. But this happens one day at a time throughout life that we allow him to do this. But... This can't happen if we don't go about this relationship with God the same way we see the disciples went about it. We will not be able to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus unless we see that they spent time with Jesus, they listened to his words, they reflected on his truth, and they spoke to him through prayer. Think about this. You will not grow in your relationship with Jesus if you don't spend any time with him. One of the things that I say to you, and I tell you sometimes I've just got to be blunt and say, listen, if I am your diet of, of, of scripture in relationship with Jesus, you will not grow. I believe my calling is to unite us, to inspire us, to drive us to, to the mission that God has for us, but I am not the linchpin between you and God in your relationship with him, and I don't want you to treat me that way. Jesus wants more of a relationship with you. He does not want you to sit like the people in Corinth and you say yes to Jesus, but then Paul comes back and goes, you haven't grown. He wants us to spend time with him like the disciples did. And we're like, listen, they had the advantage. Jesus is right there and 100% true. Like, what? I have no argument. But just because he's not in our presence doesn't mean he can't spend time with us. He has promised us if we'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. If we open ourselves to him, he'll, he will come to us, he'll be with us. His presence is everywhere. Like this is the God that we have. But we need to spend time with him and engaging with his words to us. You can't become more like Jesus, like the disciples came more like Jesus every single day if you don't take in his truth to guide us in what we're being transformed into listen scripture is our anchor to the transformation that god wants to do in our life it is not your feelings it is not just your image of jesus it is his words that he speaks into us that he says hey here is what i'm calling you to and what i'm calling you to be scripture is our anchor to the transformation that he wants to do in our lives but I'll tell you sometimes the Bible isn't the easiest book to read I've been a pastor for 20 years now I believe in the last I'm about to start seventh year of being the lead pastor here I have I'm now seeing scripture differently even than when I started being your pastor but you know how that happens? I don't just read it. I take moments to reflect and ask God to speak this into my life. I ask God to use the Holy Spirit to say, hey, will you, as I reflect on this, will you speak truths that I've never understood before or haven't had thoughts in before? 
Paul went to Corinth. He said, I didn't give you all the solid foods. I gave you milk at first because you weren't ready. But he wanted to come back and give them more solid food as they grew. As we grow, we get more depth and maturity, and God's able to re uh, reveal more truth to us. I am on a journey of growing in my relationship with Jesus. I'm just doing it in front of you. Okay? That's a weird and scary thought for me, I'm going to be honest. But I'm not done growing, and I don't come and bring information that I learned five years ago to here. I want to bring information. I want to bring truth that God's revealed to me recently as he's growing me. I want that for your life. Some of you have been Christians for a long time. Is, are you still growing in new truths in God because of what he's speaking to you because you're spending time with him. You're in his word. You're reflecting on his word so he can speak that into you. Is that happening? If it's not, hear the words of Paul. Holding the church accountable, you're the same. As the last time I saw you, which should never be. I look at this relationship the disciples had with, um, uh, with Jesus, and the stories we don't often hear are the stories that were just simple every day. How are we feeling? Peter's married. Does he ever talk about his marriage and his marriage life and his mother-in-law? He would never talk about his mother-in-law bad, you know what I'm saying? The conversation, because they talk about everyday life. Do you ever think about the talking of everyday life the disciples had with Jesus? Jesus wants us to have everyday conversations with us. This is why we pray. All of our prayers are not profound prayers. They're relationship prayers. The relationship prayers of God, this is what I'm dealing with. I want to speak them to you. I want you to speak something back to me. Sometimes they're prayer of adoration or, or honor and worship, but sometimes they're just every day, God, this is what I'm going through. This is where relationship has grown, and this is where transformation happens. We will not be able to see and feel and act like Jesus every day without a relationship. It was three years ago. Some of you were here. I brought a book called Becoming. Some of you may remember it. And the conversation was this see, feel, and act. Hear me. Some of you got that Becoming book. You've seen this conversation before, see, feel, and act. Why am I coming back to it again? One is because important things are things you repeat. You repeat important things things what you think is important you will communicate often that's why sometimes i'm repetitive in things you, you can kind of get a, oh i know it's important scotty says it a lot secondly is of the last three years there is a ton of new people at one hope who have never engaged with this topic and this is so much a part of the DNA I want to be part of our church that we are growing and transforming into his likeness. I've got to come back to it. And thirdly is, I think for some of something happened during the last couple years. For some of us, the isolation from each other brought isolation from God. For some of us, the, the chaos of pandemic brought chaos in our relationship with God. And, 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 and we kind of just launched it, then we went into the season of just, it was nuts. 
And so what I've done, in partnership with Bill and his team, and Mackenzie and, 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 and Mike and Rhoda, different people that were with him, we created kind of, I'll call it round two of becoming, we're just calling it See, Feel, Act. My desire is over the next six weeks, we're going to look at the components of what CFL Act is. And some of you walk through, you kind of know, but I'll tell you over three years I've grown in this myself, so I don't even think they're the same messages as I spoke last time. But I want to spend six weeks talking about how our relationship with God can change our everyday life. How our relationship with Him and how our relationship with others can transform how we engage with Him, how we engage with the world as we are part of this kingdom movement that is happening through the church, and I want you to be part of it. And so today as you leave, if you're in the room, verse online, we have one of these for everybody who would like to take a challenge from me. One, will you be here through these six messages so I can kind of walk you through what see, feel, act even means if you don't even know what this concept is? Will you give Scripture a chance in a way maybe you never had before. If you, as you look through this, I'm going to send you a little video this afternoon to everybody how this kind of plays out. But in this book, or Monday through Friday, every day, and walking you through the Gospels. If you want a little more, you can walk through the Old Testament. If you want a little bit more, we walk you through the Psalms. Whatever it is. Whatever level you're on or what you're looking for. But every day, there's a conversation that I want you to have with God of how do you see see, feel, and act in the scripture you read? What are the things you need to pray for? Oh, I want to lead you in a relationship with God where you're in his word, but you're also building a personal relationship with him. And for some of you, you don't even know this, where this begins, how this happens, and I'm going to tell you, you're not alone. We've tried to make this as simple and concise and clear so that people can just start from scratch and go, I've never walked through scripture before. Now, some of you, you have your regular uh, routine, what you do, fine, but I think maybe you find this useful. There's a place in here to take notes for small groups and Sunday mornings, things like that. But we are not going to be transformed into who Jesus called us to be without a relationship, and that's why I didn't even get into this first week. As some of you, before you can become more like Jesus every day, you need to commit your life to him that you can actually have it. You can't transform into his likeness if you don't actually give your life to him. And for other people, maybe you've received Jesus. But you're kind of like the people in Corinth, and you're not growing. And maybe your commitment is, Jesus, I, I do believe in you, but... I want more of a relationship with you than I've ever had in my life. I don't want to be the pastor that calls something, uh, challenges you with, but not also resources and how potentially that can walk out. I don't want to leave you stranded. I don't want to leave you on an island going, I don't know what to do. And so the next six weeks, I want to walk through that. But I want to start today by saying... I don't know what your past has been in the church with God. But do you know he doesn't want you just to say, I believe in you. He really wants a relationship with you. Do you know that Jesus walked with the disciples because he loved them? 
And he wants to walk with you in the same way. Do you know there's potentially something you've been missing out in a relationship with him because we don't spend enough time. We don't get into his word. We don't reflect on his truth. We don't spend days just praying, talking with him. That maybe we've settled for milk and maybe it's time for some solid foods. And I'm hoping that this year is a year where one day at a time you go, wow, I'm growing. That at this time next year you go, wow, I'm in a different place. Because of how your relationship with God has grown. But you've got to give yourself to it. It doesn't happen by accident. But will you take this challenge to say, I'm completely yours, Jesus. Do something new in me this year. All of this does not make sense today, but these next six weeks, you'll get it. But I want to start today by you saying, I want more of a relationship with Jesus than I've ever had. And that doesn't matter how long you've been following him, a bit, because he's got more for you. So bow your heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for wanting to have a relationship with us. And God, there may be people in this place who have no relationship with you, and this first step is to say, okay, Jesus, I'm open to this relationship. Will you speak into their life? Will you help them see how much they are loved and how you've died for them, how you rose again for them, how you desire more? God, will you help speak to that today? But God, there's plenty of people in this room who already believe in you. But that doesn't mean we have a relationship with you like you want to have with us. And God, will you speak to us today and that may our proclamation be we are yours and we want everything you have for us we want to experience you in a way we never had before. Will you do a work in One Hope this year, individually and corporately? Will you move in us? Help us grow in you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you would like to hear more, check out our website at ouronehope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.